What's up, Yankee fans? It's your girl Iris here with another episode. Just wanted to touch base on game number six, which unfortunately sent the Yankees home. It was a very, very tough 6-4 walk-off loss. Tough loss, man. I was in shock after the game. I was numb. I was disappointed and disbelief. I wasn't ready to stop watching the Yankees. I expected more. They could have done a lot more, but they didn't. They're so good for baseball, though. Like, they're so good for playoff baseball. They're young. They're fun. They're savages in the box with a perfect blend of veteran leadership to go with it. Even Correa, post-game, he called the Yankees savages in the box. He called them savages. And he didn't say in our in a sarcastic way or anything. He really did mean it, which I respect him for that. You know, it really, really felt like this was the Yankees' year. The way the season went, how one man went down, and the next man came up and put him put him work. The Yankees had great depth, and it showed. I even named my podcast after the 2000. 19 team because that was their motto yanks next man up i did something i never do which was watch the astral celebration because first of all i was still too in shock to to change the channel and i took it all in i felt like that should have been the yankees celebrating but they didn't play enough they didn't play well enough to do so The Astros capitalized, and the Yankees didn't. But the thing is, the thing that kills me is all six games were winnable. All six. That really, like, bugs me out. Because it's not like they were shut down all the way through. They created traffic on the bases against their best pitchers, but they just couldn't get the big hit. Yankees pitching was still rated the first in the postseason. But the difference between the Astros pitching and the Yankees pitching is besides this game, the Astros started starters have given them length and used less of their pen. So that's less looks for the Yankees hitters. The Yankees dug more into their pen because starters haven't gone the distance. The Strohs hitters, they were getting more confident with the Yankees bullpen. So so that was an advantage to the Astros, even though the Yankees' bullpen is their strength. They're definitely not as sharp when they're overused. The fastball gets overthrown. The breaking pitches don't have that much bite to them. I watched the Yankees' uh, postgame. You know, I watched how emotional they were. That's when it really hit home, and that loss got to me. How Boone was hugging all the players for a minute. We've seen Judge look at the camera with tears in his eyes, hugging the staff. He even turned around and stared at his locker for a long time. Like, I felt that. I felt that, man. We've seen how the camera captured Boone hugging Maven for a while. A player who doesn't even, who may not even be back this year, but definitely deserves to be back. It's all up to the Yankees' front front office. It definitely was a fun, 
hug season watching Maven. Kudos to the Yankee hitting coaches turning his season around and Maven for putting in the work. He called this group of Yankees his brothers and it really felt like a brotherhood going on over here. He was awesome on Twitter too. Me as a fan, like I appreciate the interaction on social media. We even seen the shirts come out and the fans and players buying them. There was such a closeness to this group. There was a bunch of quality, cool shirts that came out. There was Next Man Up, Let Brett Bang, Savages in the Box, ETC. And you see how much these guys care. They care as much as the fans do. They're not these robots. They're these energetic, passionate dudes coming out, giving it their all. It just wasn't enough. But I know they felt they were the better team. They put runners on all series long and they just couldn't cash in. And who knows if they did, we wouldn't be talking about a game six. However, they did get good pitching, just not enough length, and the pen was overused. There's so many what ifs we can talk about. You start thinking about everything, spring training, how there was a different feel to this team in a good way. The Yankees actually started off the season with Tulo as our starting shortstop, which is crazy. With Didi on the shelf for majority of the season, they ended up finding out right after Tulo got hurt, didn't come back, how great of a player Gleyber Torres is. I mean, can you believe he led the team in 38 home runs and he knocked in 90 RBIs? He had a respectable 278 batting average. And if you want to include his on-base percentage, it was 337. His slugging was 535. His OPS, 871. And yes, we could talk about the juice balls, but... At the end of the day, everyone had that same opportunity to go deep with those same balls. Did they do it? Some of them did. Some hit more. But on the Yankee side, he was the leader in home runs. It was such a special year for this man. The year before, he hit, what, 24 home runs? And then for him to come up and hit 38 home runs, 22 years old, so young, so talented, and... To think there's room for growth, (laughs) it's like what Boone said, buckle up. I just can't believe that he's ours. Like, he's our player. He's one of the best all-around hitters in the Yankees lineup. And I still think he can get better with the bat and with the glove. He had a great playoff series, too, versus the Twins. And the Astros, he hit a combined 302 batting average. He hit three home runs, 10 RBIs, 1.078 OPS, 703 slugging, and his on-base percentage was 375. Towards the last two games, I felt like he was pressing a little bit, but so was everyone else. Look at DJ. He's right up there with him in talent, except he's 31. The Yankees did sign him for two years and $24 million. Just $24 million, and they get a 
a um, hell of a MVP year out of him. Co- coming over from the NL in his first year. His first year facing AO pitching, so much pressure to perform. I mean, this guy was their fallback option if they missed out on Machado. And boy, I am glad things happened the way they did. He ended up performing better than Machado, if I'm not mistaken. And how many players can you say perform better than Manny Machado? He brought that gold glove with him to second base. He was like automatic. He played a great first base. And if you ask Sixiera, I'm pretty sure he's going to tell you he was proud. And when asked to, he played the hot corner and he did it well when Urshela sat. This guy can do it all. He hits with runners in scoring position. He's basically their Zobris. He can play every day, multiple positions. The big moments do not get to him as we've seen him tie the game at 4-4. Yo, I freaking lost it when he hit that, that tying home run. My first thought was, is this really happening right now? Is this real? I froze before I went crazy celebrating that homer. That stunned the Houston crowd. There was immediate momentum back on the Yankee side. And in that moment, I thought, man, the Yankees are going to come back. They're going to come back. Chapman, next in line to pitch. And I was like, yo, we got this. I know the top of the order was coming up, but with how well he pitched, I was just like, yo, we got this in the bag. Obviously, I was disappointed when Altuve, 5-6 and all, hit it out. I feel like he can hit anything. He's such a smart hitter. He fouls pitches off. He he does what he needs to do. And we can talk about Marisnik, how he was on deck, and the Yankees could have pitched around Altuve to face him. But if you want to talk about that specific at-bat versus Altuve and then the previous at-bat, he threw way too many sliders in the inning. And then up to the point where he lost his feel for the fastball. Okay, he got a, a slider over for a strike versus Altuve. But then he missed on his second one, and that's when Altuve delivered the knockout punch did what he was supposed to do with the pitch. He took him deep. And if you're going to miss, miss in the dirt. Pitch around him. Don't miss on your secondary pitch. Miss on your best pitch, which is your, which is your fastball. I had a bad feeling when he got behind Altuve because he just owns the Yankees. And obviously, he had that little smirk going on because he was stunned. Like, there was so much to process. He was surprised Altuve beat him right there. And it's not something that he's proud of, guys. It's no ordinary two-run homer. It was a two-run homer to give the Astros the lead. It was a two-run homer, a two-run walk-off homer to send the Astros to the World Series. And to eliminate the Yankees. No chance to win game six. No chance at game seven. Like this was so much the process. The next day, 
I woke up mad because all year long they played small ball. They hit their homers. They came in second in that category. But there's better pitchers in the postseason, and they got away from what made them special this year, which was playing both small ball and homering. They were great all around, you know, throughout the whole season. A great all-around offensive team. They didn't just rely on homers to get runs across the board. They did play great defense this series, but then at the end they got sloppy. I was really confident, though. Like, after the Yankees beat the Twins, any team they had to go up against, whether it was the Astros or the Rays, I felt like the Yankees were ready and matched up well with anyone. Shout out to the Yankees pitching, who did a great job overall. I know Green was exhausted. He's been, he was great all postseason long, but his stuff wasn't as sharp. And it showed when he gave up a three-run homer to start the game. He was just overused. And it's times like this when we miss Bettences. And too bad about the, the Herman thing because he also played a big role in the season with his 18 wins. And who knows what role he could have played in the playoffs. Just wasn't meant to be. Too bad Hap couldn't be trusted enough to start this game because of his struggles. Because we need innings from him. We signed him to be a starter and he wasn't capable to, to be a starter. He wasn't capable to, you know, to get the job done out of the pen. But this game, this game, he pitched two scoreless. And I'll tell you what, watching him, I, I, I didn't feel more confident watching him do work out there than this game. That's something that he needs to continue to work on his craft and build on his performance. Go back and watch videos versus the good teams and do exactly what what he's what he what he did in those two innings. Sessa was great. You know, he didn't allow a run this series. You know, he showed us why the Yankees haven't given up on him. I know he's up and down. But in a do-or-die series, he really showed up and did his part. Kainley, Kainley pitched great this series. But in this game, this game in particular, he was running on fumes. This was his third day in a row. But he did give it his all, and I respect that. He did give up a run on a four-sile, but he limited the damage. You know, it just sucks. Sucks to lose 6-4 to four when you think of all the runners the Yankees left on base. And it's like a trend. Every time the Yankees get to the playoffs, the starters don't go the distance. And there's runner runners in scoring position that they fail to knock in. They choke up. A pop-up. A strike-up. A fly-up. Not, not moving runners over. No small ball. But they got to the best of the best. There was five walks versus Cole in game number four. They had him on the ropes. 
they they didn't cash them in. And how many teams can you say had walk five walks versus Cole, huh? They did get to Verlander in game number five. They tagged him with four runs. But he settled down the rest of the game and gave the pen a chance to be ready for game number six. So kudos to Verlander for really giving his team a chance to come out game number six in a bullpen day, saving their, their bullpen in game five. DJ started this whole thing with a big solo home run against Verlander, who has been the Yankees MVP all season long. I mean, he even had two, two hits off a of call. And thanks to Hicks for hitting that big three-run homer to get the crowd going, you know, giving the Yankees life, giving them a good feeling going into game six. Obviously, Paxton pitched pretty well. He went six, but the night before, Tanaka only went five innings. Relievers were used, and every game matters. Every game affects the way the players play the next game. You know? You can't expect to use a good reliever three days in a row and expect them not to falter. You know, and I can't really say much about Tanaka because he has been masterful this um, this whole postseason. He just he just couldn't go the distance um, in game number four. Uh, I'll say to um, Sevi, he threw way too many pitches. He really made the pen work, even though he's grinded out his his two starts versus the Twins versus the Astros. You know, something has got to change. There was some hope in the second game number six when Gary, who has struggled the whole series, knocked in a runner to make it three to one. And when Ursula went deep in the fourth to cut the deficit to three to two, all I kept thinking was, all right, man, keep chipping away, keep chipping away. But it got laid pretty fast. The Astros padded onto their lead to make it four to two. The game was getting out of reach for the Yankees. And up until DJ gave us the best excitement of the series when he tied the game up at 4-4. To break the Astros' hearts a little bit, just in that moment, Altuve took our heart and our soul with that walk-off. It was too bad the Yankees couldn't deliver with a proper send-off to CeCe, who was retiring, and... Congrats on a Hall of Fame career. I'm going to really miss that guy. Staten was hurt for majority of the year, which sucks because he's a game changer when healthy. You know, there was a lot of positives. You know, on the Yankees, the Yankees got to discover what a great player Urshela is. We know he could play defense, but he ran away with that third base job with on the heart on the shelf. He filled it in so perfectly. Come spring training, if on the heart isn't traded, it's his job to win and Ursula's job to lose. 
And maybe, who knows, maybe they can keep both. If they don't bring Encarnacion back, who struggled all of the, all of the ALCS, he can even DH, he can play first base. But the Yankees have options with a guy like Ford, who I mentioned before, if he got the chance to start, if he gets enough opportunities, he will show how great of a hitter he is. And that's what he did. The same was said about Tyro Estrada. He's an MLB player. He plays a solid defense. And it showed. Wade was even starting to show signs of improvements with the bat. And we know what he does with the glove. So, if the Yankees decide not to bring Didi back, I think they'll be okay. They can use that money towards starting pitching, which I hope they bring Bettences back. I hope they make a serious run for call. We need a, we need a legit ace. You know, Guardy, another free agent, he had a great year offensively and defensively but he had a tough tough playoffs he did not hit he didn't hit enough and you know what this loss will suck for a while because you get so invested into these players all these months spring training then comes the season april may june july August, September, October, and that's it? I hope the Yankees, the front office, can look at all the weaknesses and sign who they need to sign to come back stronger than ever in 2020. It's been a decade. The last time the Yankees won, I was 17 years old. Yo, like something has got to give. And just wanted to give a shout out for those who interacted with me through social media throughout the year, for everyone who has supported me this year. And you know there will be rumors, Yankee signings, hopefully a big signing, cough, cough, cool, cough, cough. And you already know I'm going to give my thoughts and insights. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for the next episode. Let's go Yankees, man.